You're listening to the seminary of... Hold on. Hold on. We've done that. Let's stop. 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 Okay. <clears throat> let's try this again. This time, let's make it a little more me. You're listening to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast, episode 61. Today, I'm talking to my friend Ben Stapley from Liquid Church about how to host an online church service. Let's do it. Here we go. Welcome to the Seminary of Hard Knocks, a podcast designed to help you master church communications and social media. These are practical solutions from the trenches that any church can use. Now, let's join your host, Seth Muse, who counts graphic novels as reading. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Seminary of Hard Knocks. Hope you like the new feel, the new vibe. I'm enjoying it. It's a lot more fun. It makes me want to dance every time I hear that song. I was like, that's got to be it. So today, if you want to get the show notes for this episode, you can go to sethmuse.com slash 61 and get those show notes. It's going to be a couple of links from Ben and how to get in touch with him and a few of the notes for today. So go get that. Also, if you're going to follow me in kind of my regular habitat, you need to follow me on Instagram. Man, if you haven't done that yet, you need to go do that right now, at Seth Muse. Follow me on Insta. I'm very active in stories, doing a lot of stuff there, a lot of tips, a lot of tricks, a lot of hacks. I go live in there. Some Well, I've gone live too much, but I'll definitely go into stories and give a whole bunch of pointers and talk. To, I'll talk to you if you DM me, I promise. So, connect with me there. And if you're not on Instagram that much, you're more of a Facebook person. We've got a really great Facebook group going on. If you want to f- get involved and follow me over there, uh, go to sethnews.com slash group, and it will take you to the correct Facebook group. So you can just request to be a part of it. And I'll just let you in. And, and if you don't spam or, you know, put a bunch of weird stuff in there, we'll have a good time. We'll have a good time. So today my, my, uh, my conversation is with Ben Stapley. Now Ben's been on the show before you need to go back and check that out. I think it's episode episode 25, I want to say somewhere in there, go back through the notes and check it out. Go back through the episodes and listen to the other one, because that is a great episode from Ben on how to do video, especially interview videos and how to do like how to, I mean, he even gives you like, here's the questions you ask. Here's how you set them up. Here's how you make the, make them comfortable. Here's some sound sites that you can grab some music from, which I actually used one for today's intro. That is uh, from Soundstripe and it's a great, uh, it's a great tool, 10 bucks a month and gets a lot of different, you know, royalty free, no, no lyric kind of stuff that you can use for whatever. So it's great. Um, ben has a wealth of knowledge when it comes to video and audio visual media. And he is actually the online host at, at uh, liquid church in New Jersey. So he's going to tell us a little bit about what the theory is behind online church. I know a lot of people have the, uh, the stigma about it. Is it real church? Are they real relationships? We're going to get into that quite a bit and talk through it. And if you disagree, feel free to like sound off in the comments in a really nice and respectful way. And we'll have a nice and respectful conversation. And if you do agree, feel free to uh, use this podcast to talk to people and help people understand the real heart behind online church and what it can and can't be. Uh, because we are very honest about uh, how we feel about it, but also very honest about what's good and what's not good about it. And just Ben does this for a living, man. He he's, does this all, every week. He hosts and he trains other hosts. So we're going to talk about how to train hosts. But instead of me talking about what we're going to talk about, let's just talk about it. So here's my conversation with the one and only Ben Stapley. Hey everybody, I am here with my friend and the second time he's come on the show, so I'm very thankful for this. It's Ben Stapley, everybody. Ben, say hello. 
Seth, great to be here. Thanks so much that I'm a guest. So nice you inviting me back twice. Thank you. Yeah, the last time was really awesome. And um, I know that every time we talk, we we end up giving into some deep weed stuff and kind of nerding out a little bit on some of this. And it's like, man, this guy knows his stuff. I got to bring him back. Uh, funny story, though, last time you were on, you, you had the video on and I didn't. And uh, <laughs> and we weren't recording video. And like it was fun to watch you talk to me. As you were kind of spinning in your chair slowly with your back to me, <laughs> it was really, really funny. I was like, I gotta take a photo of that. And I did. And I don't know where it is. My, and, then my, and then my phone died. And I was like, man, I never posted that. I got to post a funny photo of Ben with his back to me while he's on a podcast. <laughs> Good. My, my coworkers know what I'm thinking because I'll be bouncing a basketball. I'm a, I'm a kinetic thinker. I need to do something with my body to unlock my brain. Okay. I like, get that. Like spinning, in, like spinning in my chair, apparently. That's awesome. I have to do, I have to pace when I'm thinking something okay. out. I have to talk yeah. it loud and pace and then I uh, usually knock something over with my hands because I'm flailing about. Well, uh, tell us, uh, for those of uh, our listeners who are kind of new, who haven't heard the last podcast, maybe, uh, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do, and, uh, and, and let's get to know you a little bit. Yeah, I am a creative arts pastor uh, here at Liquid Church in New Jersey. Liquid is, we have six campuses reaching about 4,000 guests on a weekend, and I've, uh, I've been with them for about three years now. Incredible uh, ride with them, kind of overseeing the worship video departments, the service uh, programming, and then also the church online experience. So I wear a couple of hats and looking forward to talking about the church online. That's, the, that's my professional life. My personal life is I'm married to an incredible wife with two beautiful beautiful daughters, a three-year-old and five-year-old who are both out of school this summer. So I am pulling my hair out of my head, trying <laughs> to figure out how to keep them engaged. It is difficult being a parent. Yes. And your girls are awesome. Following you on Instagram, there are there is cute photo after cute photo of something crazy or random they do. I love it. It's, it's fun to follow you. Very um, precocious. Yeah. Uh, well, let's talk a little bit about that online church. I know, I know it's a hot button topic for a lot of people. Um, there's, and there's kind of a difference between streaming services online Mm. and hosting an online church service. So can you tell us a little bit of what that might be, the difference? Yeah. And those, I would say this up front, both are great ministry models. So neither is better or worse. It's just what works best to accomplish your church's vision. So in other words, I'm going to come out and kind of advocate, which I think is works for us at Liquid Church, but that doesn't mean it's where you need to go. So just right. to say that for everybody listening in, um, both are good models. Ultimately, what accomplishes your church's vision? So the one is like, hey, um, you could put your whole service online, which is awesome. Um, but then I would say that's that's your service online. That isn't that isn't church online. That isn't a campus. And so uh, what distinguishes? Well, what how do I? What makes a campus? What makes church online? I'd say it has all those in-service elements, like it, you're going to see the the hosting, the worship, the message, uh, you know, communion, giving. Um, but you're going to have all the out-of-service elements engaged with it as well, or as, as many out-service elements as possible. So, like um, discussion, just like um, you and I, uh, Seth, might pull the message apart in the foyer or in the lobby afterwards. Um, you're going to have a chat window by which people can discuss what they're experiencing. You're going to have yeah. the prayer option. Hey, click on this tab if you want someone to pray for you. You can come up at the end of a physical service. Um, digital or online uh, campuses can have that as well. 
You're going to have group experiences, serving, uh, follow up, follow up by campus pastor as well. If you fill out a connection card and you indicate that you're new or that you want some type of uh, follow up, so I'd say. Uh, have as many out-service uh, elements as possible. The only thing we don't do is we don't marry and we don't bury. So that's where we draw the line. Obviously, that would be really difficult to do online, actually. It, it, the, well, the marrying I considered, but there was just too many legal. Uh, <laughs> there, was, there was someone in the bottom. Did you Nevada. host, host like, a digital wedding online? Yeah, I was like, I don't want to fill out the paperwork. Man, you can find somebody in your state. We just gave the hipsters a great idea. They're going to do it. They're going to totally do it. And and I'll tell you, one of the things I love about online church is that in the moment, you're able to ask questions and get responses. And I think Mm -hmm. this generation, especially younger generations, are used to that access. And and we don't really have that when you show up at church. So I would actually consider that to be a plus. Now, you could always wait for the end of the sermon, go down and ask the pastor. But let's be honest, some of us go to big churches, and if the pastor waits out in the lobby like mine does— and like others probably do, they still get swamped with people. They may not be able to stop and say, hey, now when you said this, I've heard this about that passage. Is that true? You know, like you, you're not able to ask that really in the moment. It's kind of a passing moment. But online, you can connect and they can say, let me get back with you. And they can email you and find out you answer your question. I mean, there's there's like there's connection that lasts throughout the week with that. I th- I've always mm-hmm. thought that's a powerful part of online church is the ability to stay connected and actually interact with some real questions that honestly they may not have the guts to answer or to ask while they're actually there yeah just you know we uh, we live tweet events well it's it, you're tapping into that cultural um norm at this point where people want to be able to engage with the content not just view it yeah. they want to be able to have a dialogue about it and that's you know that's a great way to do it yeah i think that's fair and honestly it bothers me a little bit when there are are people in church that will say, who are in church leadership, will say, yeah, we're very much about the lost and reaching people, but then kind of like when, okay, when they reach out online, it's like, well, that doesn't count. Why mm-hmm. doesn't that count? You know, it's like they're really, truly asking a question. You know, would you, you wouldn't do that if they were in person and ignore them, right? I mean, you, you want to answer the question. So I think there's some, there's some maybe philosophical shift mm-hmm. that needs to take place in, in some of our minds. And, and I know you get this question a lot, so I'm going to ask you, like, I think I know the answer, too. Does online church replace going to church in person in your in your philosophy, in your mind? Again, I would say your model of ministry. So for us, um, it doesn't um, it. Um, it does both. For some people, it does. Um, it replaces it for people who are shut-ins. Uh, it replaces for those who are working, vacationing, or sick. That that is their only means of community and ministry. So for sure, it replaces um, church for them. Um, now for 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 others, um, it doesn't. For others, it's just an alternative. Hey, I, you know, I can't make it out to my regular campus, and so I'm gonna you know I'm gonna do this while I'm here. Um, so I, I'd say I'd say it kind of depends on where you are on the spectrum. But for a lot of people, um, it is the only means. And so are you gonna you gonna shut that down? It's funny. I actually jumped into a um, a Facebook uh, group discussion about this about a church that was putting up a geo fence around their online experience near their campus, and the video that you got was the pastor saying, Hey, you can't watch church online. 
if you're 20 minutes around us because really? you need to actually yeah oh man it, it, it I got really that contentious I'll, uh, well, I, bet I'll loop that, you I, in. Bet, I bet they got I fiery I don't want to you know kind of shame the church and like I think they had the reason for doing that um I would say it's a I would say it's a misguided reason because I'm sure there's people 20 minutes around them that can't drive there and unless you got like a, a robust shuttle service that you should not be putting up that geofence to people right um, well, in well, your region it just feels like I don't know I can't speak really for the church but I can definitely see how someone would see that as you're trying to force yourself into being my accountability and mm-hmm. and it's like that's that's an earned platform not a not a taken platform that mm-hmm. to be to be someone's accountability like hey if you're within 20 minutes of us you should be here yeah well of course but you know come on man <laughs> you know it, it's it is a little presumptuous, and I, I would say I, I would say we're at the point now where the church needs to earn some chips because we've lost yeah. them, and people really want to try before they buy. And so, they, like you say, you say you're welcoming, um, you say that you're 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 caring for my whole person, that you're not just going to ask money. Well, I really want to see what that looks like. I want to I want to I want to I want to. I'm going to try before I buy. I'm going to kick the tires and take this for a test lap. I don't want to come to your church. Um, and so I'm going to see what it looks like first. And if you're saying, no, 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 um, sign on the dotted line. You need to come here to our environment first. Then you're going to be losing some people because of that right away. Absolutely. And I know there's going to be a lot of people out there that are going to like, still go like, nope, that's not for us. And that's fine. That's totally fine if you don't want to do that. I think it's something to consider. I know you do too. But uh, for those of us who are listening that are like, okay, well, whether or not you sit, you sit on the fence or you're one or the other, let's talk a little bit about how you guys do that at Liquid specifically in your context and just maybe some, how do you train some, because I, I know you have like hosts come in with you. You're not the only one on camera. And mm-hmm. uh, can you just kind of run us through maybe a typical way that works or what that's like? Because a lot of people probably haven't ever experienced church online and and don't really know what it's like. So could you tell us a little bit about what it's like and then maybe how do you train some of these hosts that come on with you or volunteers to uh, what kind of host do you want to be when you're hosting? Yeah. Yeah. So just like a service would have hosts, or just like just like any environment would have a host, right? You go to a restaurant, there's a host there welcoming you. You go to someone's house, there's someone there welcoming Church Online has the same philosophy that we want to greet you and then help navigate you through this experience. Um, we do that with kind of three basic recordings, um, hosting spots. One just to introduce who we are in the church. We'll then throw to worship. Uh, we'll come out of worship, then talk about maybe some more particulars in terms of what's happening that day, uh, give people a chance to connect, a chance to give. Then we'll introduce the message. We'll throw to the message. And then um, what we'll do is out of the message, we'll come out of the message and then talk about it and kind of recap what's happening and look towards the following week. So that's um, me and another co-host, three recording slots, usually each kind of three to four minutes. And it's always me and somebody else because um, – I really like what I have to say. I think I, I, I have interesting things. But if I just listen to myself ramble for three to four minutes, I get bored by myself. And so if I'm getting bored by myself, I know my audience is. I need to have someone to bounce ideas off. And then the other thing is it, it, um, it makes it a better conversation because it's me and you talking to an audience, not just – and then we're looping them into a three-way conversation instead of just, just being one way. And then for myself, the leadership principle there is always have someone as your wingman, someone that you're mentoring, you're passing that baton off to. So don't do it by yourself. Bring some, If it's not a staff member or a volunteer, bring someone else on board that you can um, 
you can show the ropes and ultimately hand off that leadership responsibility. So that's that's the big picture. Awesome. And then there's some kind of best practices that I have for them as well. Yeah. Can you run through a, a few of those best practices for being a good host? Because, I mean, I know that will translate to someone that's doing church online, but it also will translate to someone who walks out on the actual stage and is live and oh, yeah, all yeah. that yeah. as well, too. So those of yep. those who are listening, if you're not doing church online, this is still like, what are some of the best practices of hosting a service when you're actually not preaching or whatever, you're just kind of directing traffic. So what kind of real quick, can you give us like five or six or however many yeah. you got that uh, are some of the best practices for hosting a service? Yeah, I'll give you like kind of my top five. I think the majority of these apply to a live environment as well. But the first thing I say is be the most charismatic version of yourself. Not the I say the most char- charismatic version of yourself because you don't want to be insincere, right? I don't want to be the most charismatic version of Seth. He's a very charismatic guy, but he's not me. So I have to be the most charismatic version of myself. Yeah, I handle um, snakes. I'm so yes. charismatic. I can handle a snake <laughs> uh, and it will bite me and then it won't, I won't die. Charismatic in the... Uh, That's so charismatic. In, in, um, in the warm and uh, an engaging <laughs> aspect, not the spiritual. You got me there. You got me no, there. No, um, not so, oh, my bad. My bad, Ben. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I misunderstood. Please continue. Yes. So, so how, you know, how do you uh, – so basically I always tell my, my co-host, like think of this. Uh, when There was a dinner party when you were telling that joke and you had the whole room's attention and everyone was listening in. Like remember that version of yourself and try to tap into that and, and be that version of yourself so that you can engage people. Uh, another one is I always tell people that you need to be – you need to be visually dynamic because people always look before they listen, especially in our scrolling culture. So in our scrolling culture, people are scrolling through their feeds and if you have two co-hosts that look like talking heads, people are going to scroll on by and they're not going to keep on looking at it. Um, so um, you got to make sure that you are visually dynamic. And I, I, the rule of thumb is this. I tell my co-host, um, you need to rewatch the video. And if, um, if you put it on mute and you feel like you look ridiculous, then you've hit the nail on the head. Um, you need to wave your arms. You need to smile. You need to gesture. You need to do all these things visually to engage people. Yeah. Uh, because people are looking on mute and they're going to look before they listen. Engage them visually before you engage them verbally. Um, another one, this is, and this applies definitely uh, for live hosts as well, is to avoid churchy language or religious terms. Um, if you do, but if you do um, use language or terms, uh, you know, like gospel or salvation, make sure to explain it. So, like, don't don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Don't just avoid religious terms. Sure. Like, there's going to be times where you need to talk about, hey, what what does redemption mean? Yeah, and you what need re- to, repentance. And you need mean? to educate people. I mean, that's, yes. that's nothing wrong with that. But but think of it but, that way. But right? do it. Yeah. But do it right. And, okay, you know, um, and you know, ah, yeah, um, repentance. It's a one eighty. It's it's stopping where you're going. It's turning around and walking in the opposite direction. Oh, okay, I got that. That's a great metaphor. Now I understand that religious term. Yeah. Um, which is like actually super helpful for myself being like a career Christian. Sometimes I'll use terms and I'm like, I, I don't know how to dumb that down. I don't know if I fully actually understand that theological term I'm using. Yeah, and I don't know because who, I, I can't explain it to my neighbor. Honestly, I don't know who said it. I can't remember right now, but somebody famous and, and dead probably said, uh, said if you can't explain it to a kid, you don't know it mm-hmm. well enough. And I think that's really important when it comes to like sharing who we are and some of these churchy words and things Yeah. like if we explain it, like, I mean, you don't want to be condescending obviously, but if you can't explain it to a kid, then you need to work on it. You need to like practice explaining this word, explaining, explaining what you believe. That's good. Yeah. 
Uh, another one, I think, and this applies is for if you have co- uh, hosts who are live to make more eye contact with the audience than with each other. So we're we're both looking out at you. And I might we might turn and I might ask you, hey Seth, tell me what you did for Father's Day, um, which is great. But then it, you know you're telling your audience to the crowd. You're not telling your audience just to each other. So just be you have two people. Make sure it's not an insider conversation, but it's one that engages people, pulls them out. Yeah, that, um, that's good. I always I never know what to do with that. Uh, I'm always like, do I look over here? Do I look at the camera? Do I look over here? I'm like, where do I look when I'm not talking? And uh, so that's good to know. Um, and then like the, the last one I'd say is, and this, this definitely, this doesn't apply in a live environment, but encourage engagement. So any question that I would ask you, I would, I, I, I would remind myself, but I forget this. Any question I ask you, I need to ask the community. Hey, um, Seth, we just had, uh, um, we're going into blockbuster season. What's a favorite uh, movie of yours? Oh, you really? You want to see another Transformer movie? Oh, okay, that's interesting. Um, hey, if you're <laughs> online watching right now, you tell us how crappy the Transformer movies have been and how much I hate Michael Bay. Yeah. Go for it now. Jump into the chat and tell us. And any question that I ask you, I need to ask the audience. Um, it's a hard practice to do, but it's super important. That's awesome. And to, to your point, Bumblebee looks great. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, no, but, don't do it. But the rest of them have been pretty I mean, Optimus <laughs> Prime riding a dinosaur with a sword? I was like, I'm out. I'm out, dude. You're killing my killing my childhood. All right. So uh, two more questions real quick before we get out of here. Uh, mm-hmm. Online church, the, the, one of the big criticisms is it's not personal. So how do you mm. make it personal? And then in kind of in line with that question, how then do you connect people from from that online experience to a to a real experience like community? Yeah. Yeah. So how do you make in it personal? Terms- in terms of, and I'd say this is a great communication practice, regardless of how you know, even us as we're talking right now. Um, picture that you're talking to a close friend. So um, make sure all that communication, uh, your on-camera stuff, the way you coach your chat host of how they engage with people and respond to people, um, treat it like you're speaking to a, a close friend. Um, and then they will become a close friend. If you treat them like an alien uh, an alien and a foreigner and someone who doesn't belong in that community, then they will leave and they will respond how you treat them. So that's the first um, way in terms of um, making it personal. Um, and then uh, the the other thing in terms of your other question is how do you uh, what was it how do you how do you connect online visitors to real community Yeah, I I would flip that question back at you. How do you connect um, physical visitors to real community? That's so good. that that same question that churches physical churches grapple with that same application applies to online. So in other words, I kind of I kind of challenge your premise a little bit there. No, that's where, good. It's the exact same thing that people wrestle through, and there's nothing, there isn't anything unique there. I think sometimes we think that we have community because we have a big building and people are coming and going, but they're just coming and going, and we don't actually have community. Um, That's where I would drop the key and peel gif that says, Which one? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. When he's talking to AA Ron. Um, yeah, yeah. I love that clip. That whole thing is amazing. Um, I think that is spot on, honestly, because when I go to church, on Sunday morning or Saturday night, even we have a really tightly knit community at our church and I'm on staff and I haven't been here a long time, but I know some people, but honestly, man, we walk in and if we don't really work hard at it, mm-hmm. uh, so I'm imagining a guest who, who knows no one coming in. So if I don't work really hard at it, I'm going to come in, sit down, talk to no one, absorb and observe 
a, a service, I'll sing. I might enjoy that part and engage with that. But the message, I'm going to sit and listen. And then I might get up and I'm going to go get my kids and I'm going to walk out the door and probably talk to very few, if not anyone. And if I do talk to someone, it's going to be light, right? It's not going to be heavy. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be, quote, mm-hmm. community. It's going to be surface level stuff. And so when we say there's no community like coming to church, I'm like, it feels kind of the same when I'm online mm-hmm. and I go watch the, the live stream sometimes. I mean, that may not be good, but that's what I feel when I go sometimes out when we stay home, and we watch church. I'm like, huh, we sang. I didn't talk to anybody and I didn't have to muscle my kids through a big crowd to get them to the right place. Right. So it was easier. And I'm just like, what? I don't, I don't get how that's a, a hangup, to be honest. It seems very spectator at a lot of churches. Now, maybe your church isn't like that. Maybe your church is very community oriented on Sunday mornings and, and mine just isn't. I don't know. But uh, that seems to be a, a common uh, question about online church that I kind of, I'm kind of like, I don't see how it's really that different in a lot of our churches when we go and there. I- I would even go so far as to say one step further and saying that it's um, the commu- community happens in both places. And that community, especially vulnerability, authenticity, the online platform and community lends itself to that aspect greater than our physical environment. So um, the medium is the message, the, 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 the venue is the message as well. So what, you know, the actual venue of where these places, you know, where church is taking place has pros and cons. And one of the huge pro for church online is vulnerability. In other words, I always give this example. Um, I think it was maybe six to nine months ago. I remember talking to a volunteer, you know, after knowing this dude for about a year and him confiding in me saying, Hey, guess what? I, I struggle with porn. I said, no, really? He said, yeah, yeah, I do. Um, and said, okay, tell me more about it. And I listened to a struggle, um, gave him some resources, um, helped hook him up with accountability partner. And, and it was a great conversation. That was like nine months ago. Um, it takes a while for us to lower our defenses in a physical environment. Uh, to get beyond talking about the, the weather or the regional sports and the teams and to talk about our hearts and how we are doing yeah. online. And, and men are um, so good at that anyway, in person. Yes. Like we're, yes. we're good at it. But, but not in the flip the script online, I have those conversations about every other week with somebody in our online community. Now I'm not saying necessarily porn, but Hey, I'm, uh, I'm cutting, uh, I'm thinking about the suicide and threatening my life. Um, people will, because they don't have the facade of seeing each other, they'll go right to the heart issues and say, let's deal with my heart. I'm here to, to get closer to God. Help me do this right now. Instead of, um, you know, uh, talking about something that is a little less banal. Yeah. So we'll, so, so I think that is, uh, beyond. Hey, community happens in both places. Um, sometimes community can happen at a faster and accelerated rate in the online community. I agree. And there's some kind of there's like a safety in that anon anonymity and anonymity anonymity in not being known. Mm-hmm whatever that word mm-hmm. is, not being seen, you know, I've just had a porky pig moment. That was awesome. Um, I was going to bail you, but it's like, I'm not sure no, I'm going to do it any better. So I'm no, going to let you struggle by yourself. It's there. okay. <laughs> just anytime you see me struggle, just let me hang out there. It'll eventually I'll work it out or, or it'll be funny. So either way works for what I'm trying to do here. Um, so I think there's some safety there in not being able to show your face or not having to show your face versus when you're at it right there, looking somebody in the eye. Now that takes strength that it doesn't take online, but it takes strength 
period, to be able to say, hey, I got this problem. And I think the church does a disservice to people when we don't treat both of those as valuable, both of those experiences valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, when somebody's com- confessing online and someone's confessing in person, I think I think we value the on the online less because it's just maybe a, a Kevin Bacon step away kind of thing or something. But it's really not. You so, know, and I would say this: I would um, I would say that I've had those opportunities over the years to lead up and to 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 inform people who might not who are just unaware of the platform and the spiritual fruit that is that is growing in those environments. Um, and I just cut and paste dialogues. I cut out the names for, to, to protect the privacy of those who shared it. But I say, let me, let me flood your inbox with a spiritual fruit that has birthed in this community. And now you want to take a hatchet to the tree and no, no leaders will see that. And yeah. so uh, for anyone who's out there, you know, thinking of launching a church online ministry, um, or kind of struggling at that and talking about what you're talking about there that hey, nobody understands, Hey, lead them, show them, articulate what is happening and then they will follow, but you got to lead first. Uh, absolutely. That's awesome. Well, as a parting shot here, our last question, just how do you see this online church thing changing, growing in the next couple of years? I mean, the next even six, couple mm-hmm. months. I mean, what do you see happening? It's interesting. I got a bunch of friends um, who are, work at um, Christian colleges and seminaries, and like I always love talking to them about their ecclesiology and how does your theology of church incorporate this? And they, they, you know, either they haven't thought about it or they have thought about it and it doesn't exist. But so I, I think it, um, like you know, for myself, uh, an MDiv grad from five years ago, this wasn't even talked about in any of my courses of how do you minister to people and on. So I think first of all, it needs to change there. Yeah. And some of the schools that are preparing people for the 21st century ministry, I think it needs to change there first and foremost. Um, I also think churches um, need to get used to it. Just like the multi-site model hasn't gone away, it's grown. The church online, it's now, it's become the, it's normative, it's become the new norm. I think church online will become the new norm as well. Um, and then, there's not to be a doomsday sayer, but I'd say the... Um, Culture at large in the States is moving farther and farther towards a post-Christian culture, which gives us a lot of great opportunities to move away from cultural Christianity and to authentic Christianity and say, hey, it's not just because you live in this region that you're a Christian, but it's because you really believe Jesus died and rose, the, rose, uh, rose again. Yeah. Um, and, and because, but because we're, I believe we're moving to a more post-Christian culture, I think maybe in a decade, maybe two, um, that we're going to lo- church is going to lose its tax exempt status. You can see people, you know, championing for that already right now. And we're going to have to figure out how to do church more financially, um, responsibly, resp- responsibly. Yeah. Uh, and because of the lack of overhead church has, it gives us a chance to do that. And so for, for people who haven't considered it, just that fact alone, that allows you to reach more people for less. I think it's, I think, I think we're, we're going to come to a point in the church, a day and age, and maybe 10 to 20 years, where we have to, just to stay financially float, why don't we get ahead of the curve now as a church and be prepared for that shift and, and be proactive instead of reactive towards it? Yeah. The the other big adage I'd say is like right now you kind of have like, oh, you, you know, that's nice. You got a church, you got a couple sites and you, and you have, you know, oh, you got an online campus as well. Oh, that's cute. That's nice. It's kind of like the stepchild. I think that paradigm is going to change in a decade or two, whereas you have an online church, which may have some physical locations, right? Like the 
the Amazon aspect of it. Okay, like right. we you no longer need these physical locations. Now Amazon's flipping that script and they're they're going back to, to a couple physical stores. Yeah. Yes, you know it's like what's old is new, what's new is old. Um, but but I think I think that's going to change. And I would even say the future is here, right? So Perry Noble with New Springs, uh, you know, stepped out of that leadership there. Um, wanted to launch his next church, um, Second Chance, for I think it was for about six months. They were just an online church, and then they launched a physical campus. And so that future of of starting online and then going physical is already here. We as churches need to figure out how to adapt that model and maximize it for our ministry advancement. Yeah, that's good stuff. And and if you want to hear more on that uh, post Christian culture that we were talking about. There's a great podcast. I highly recommend it. It's called This Cultural Moment. If mm. you haven't checked that one out, that is a, an incredible look. It's very heady, uh, but man, so worth your time to listen to that, to understand what we're talking about when we say that we're going into a post-Christian culture in America. So honestly, it's a cycle and there's a lot of stuff happening there that we really have time to get into, but I think you're right. I think the culture ultimately is going to um, overwhelm the people to the point where it's not about the church deciding, here's what you should be doing. Um, here's how you should interact here. Like you should show up here on Sundays. You should be able to come here on Wednesdays. You should pick church over football or soccer or gymnastics or whatever else you got. You should. I think we all know that, but I think we also all know that we're not doing that. That's, that's becoming a very difficult conversation to have, especially like in student ministry with kids. Uh, mm. And then it involves parents. It's like we need to kind of look around and go, hey, the culture has become mainstream, whereas the church used to be the center of the culture. It's not. And so to think that we can stand there and go, here's what you ought to do and play on a moral kind of pull for people to get them to change uh, how they live, then it's going to be a little more difficult if we're not willing to go where they already are, which is really what mm-hmm. we're called to do in the first place. So. Yeah, we haven't even touched on the missional aspect and the missional benefit of the church online model. Huge. Yes, absolutely. And a conversation for, I guess, uh, our next one. We need to talk <laughs> We need to talk about that again. So, um, well, Ben, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, we're out of time. I'm, um, I'd love to have you come back, and we can definitely talk the missional online church and just kind of how you're, you're reaching people with the gospel, et cetera, et cetera, because we know that's part of it, and that's the reason why we do it. But uh, I want to get more into that, the deep weeds of that uh, maybe next time. So thanks so much for being here, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much, Steph. Take care. All right, you guys, you can get the show notes for this episode at sethmuse.com slash 61. It is all about online church. Check that out or join my Facebook group. You can join that at sethmuse.com slash group or follow me over on Instagram. I would love to be your friend. Thanks, Ben, for being here. And we will see you guys in two weeks. Later. Later.